Hey, it's Max. I uh, just want to say something real quick before we start this next episode with uh, Jeremy Hammond. I just got back from a show in Albany, and uh, there was someone that came up to me as a comic uh, named Matt Nabel. Uh, I think he's a newer comic. He's done comedy a couple of times, but he had been listening to the episodes, and uh, I just really appreciate him coming and kind of pulling me aside after the show and saying that he's a fan of it and that he liked the advice episodes as well. Also, a big thanks to Tommy McGuire, who ran the show up there, and then Season Skate Shops, Trevor Cully, CB, everybody that took care of us this weekend over in Albany. Uh, fun show, uh, great weekend, it was a blast. Uh, now back to our regular scheduled programming. That's right, everyone. See something funny. It wasn't funny! I guess I'll just call it Max White Presents. I guess it's decent. Yeah, Max White Presents will work. All right, we're here. We're live. Greenpoint, Brooklyn at the Tenor Trap. We got a great, uh, a great guest. I just said, <laughs> a great guest. No, we do have a really good guest today. I just downgraded you from great to good. Sorry. That's all right. Um, yeah, it's a stand-up comedian. Uh, he's a writer for Hard Times. Uh, Jeremy Hammond, what's going on, man? Hi, hello. Uh, doing, doing good. Uh, and... Uh, Actually, this is a weird way to probably start this thing, cool. uh, especially since we, we have been talking for a few minutes yeah, now yeah. Uh, before we start recording, but I actually brought you a gift. What? Uh, I brought you uh, this uh, skateboard. Oh my God. You yeah. brought me a skateboard? I brought you a whole skateboard. You brought me a... Dude, this is insane. Yeah, I know, right? It's pretty crazy. Uh, and then the lights just and went, the lights went out. Out. trap. <laughs> what <laughs> the fuck? I think we should keep the lights off. I actually like this. All it's right, really like, wait, but I got it, dude. This is a skateboard. Oh yeah. my god, what? What can I? Add? This is amazing. You want me a whole skateboard? It's a, a full complete. Yeah, dude. Uh, it, so I brought it with uh, two two things in mind. One okay. is uh, uh, it's been taking up space in my home for <laughs> right. uh, years now. Yes. Okay. Uh, and uh, uh, the other thing is, uh, as you know, I run a show here and uh, here at Tender Trap for those listening who've never been here. Uh, there is a mini ramp on stage, uh, and I've had this sort of obsession since we started doing the show here to have somebody come and. Uh, just like interrupt the show to just like shred it and i wanted to see if you could <laughs> oh my god uh, i know you're you know you, you're not as active a skater as you once I can't, were i can't i i did he, people he brought me a complete i can't say no to it that, <laughs> man i have to wear a ski mask so i don't people think i'm just some dick comic <laughs> shows up. Is there a, can i wear a cow outfit or something that's so, I, ha- I have a cow outfit oh my god dude this is just Dude, the lights go off, the, the mood is set, and now we're, uh, I guess I'm skating in the middle of some show. That's the way I got a spot on a show. How it's going to be great. How did come across this? Did you get it for yourself? Did you want to? Yeah, so this was a uh, this was a classic mid-20s sort of like, I can get back into skateboarding sort yeah. of thing, and uh, I, you know, I bought it, and as you can tell from the fact that it is pristine on the bottom, I, I didn't get back into skateboarding. It is looking pretty damn cherry. I was wondering, I was like, all right, okay, okay. So, so it didn't, so mid 20s and you, you sure you want to give up on it that quick i mean i'm i'm pushing 30 now and i mean i think if i'm not getting back into skateboarding my mid-20s i'm definitely not getting back into skateboarding at 30 and i i have no use for it anymore and it's just taken up space and i'm about to move and so i'm trying to get stuff out of my home Damn. this is really a more functional gift for me than it is for you <laughs> well nonetheless i appreciate it. that's amazing and uh yeah i will drop in on somebody for sure it's a uh wow thank you so much jeremy i appreciate that that's yeah, awesome absolutely. um 
it's uh, for people listening out there, like the sponsors of the show, like Scumco Skateboards. Um, it, it's not a Scumco, but uh, I'm not going to say what brand it is because they're a direct competitor. But uh, we'll, oh, are we'll, they? We're, we're, oh, for sure. Yeah. This how is a, how direct are we brand. talking? I mean, this is a big company, as far yeah, as I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're out there. It's a big one. And I'm just like ended up tacking on a skate trip as I do a lot of this comedy stuff, uh-huh. and like just seeing the young kids and what they're doing there, and you're just like, God, I'm so glad I'm not young and don't have to. That's not even compete, but just like draw that level out of stuff before yeah. like, I have no interest in anything other than talking shit while I skate <laughs> which isn't that dissimilar to when I was younger it's just now I'm like 34 and I can be like I'm old leave me alone yeah. like, you do it <laughs> okay back to thank you for the gift that's amazing the lights are off the ambiance do you like the ambiance way I do I like it a lot it's, yeah it's kind of dope it's not really nice yeah there's like one little mood light over uh, Jeremy's shoulder uh, the naked lady on the painting neck the tenor trap is uh, is off uh, you can't even really see her much I didn't realize that was there. I just don't see stuff here anymore. Uh-huh. And Albert Kirshner, last week's guest, was we had it set up this way. And I was like, I saw his Instagram post, and he's like, podcasts are sexy. And I was like, there's <laughs> like a naked lady behind me. He's like, yeah, it's been yelling at me the entire episode. Yeah, and they change these relatively frequently. They always have our show, yeah. And so uh, every time we come back to do the Hard Times show here, uh, the, the art is, is different in some way. And, and this one in particular is... I mean, I, I'm only just now realizing there's a butt plug right there in the corner. Uh, yeah, it's got legs on it, as uh, young Albert uh, had pointed out. Uh, <laughs> the owner of this bar, they, he loves him some porn. The, the password to the Wi-Fi is actually softcore. All right. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, there, there, and there's a, there is a dildo in every cabinet in this place if you look close enough. I'm not kidding. If they're behind the bar, there's a massive dildo in every part of it. Wow. So, you know, <laughs> if you got to be weird, be weird in Brooklyn. And yeah, of course. Find a dark bar down by the river to do it in. Well, and this is the weirdest bar. I mean, I listen, I love this place. Yeah. I love having my show here. I don't want it to be anywhere else, but this place is so goddamn strange sometimes. Like, See, they have, like, back at wrestling here. Do they? Yeah, they do full on like back. Well, it's, it's back bar wrestling, and then yeah. they'll do like fucking oil wrestling. Uh, Holy shit! Uh, they'll do art displays with like like uh, like weapons from the movie The Warriors. I mean, oh real real gnarly stuff for sure. So, so I don't know how many like later shows you've done here before, and like if you've stuck around after the end of the show. But uh, so I, I run this show on Saturday. Okay, and uh, right after us, following out of our punk themed comedy show, uh, is is a DJ and dance party. Oh, good. And then in the front bar, there's like go-go dancers on the bar. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> Young Cookie is one of them. Yeah, she's uh, just giving, <laughs> giving it giving it her all every weekend. Though. It's amazing. I mean, it's really cool and eclectic and weird, but also there's a part of me that's like. This feels like five different bars that yeah. have all been smushed together into one bar. I think it's like the jack of all trades uh, method methodology. You know, yeah. what I mean? it's like you know, let's have a little of something and everything. And I know when I first moved here, Daryl was talking about how he wanted to do more and more comedy here, which it's it's definitely growing. I mean, you guys are doing the Hard Times Live show, which mm-hmm. is a huge deal. It packs out. It's yeah. monthly, right? It's a great show. Um, yeah, it's awesome. I, I, I stopped by one. I'm going to start coming to more. Apparently, I have to skate at one now. Uh, <laughs> just eat shit in front of everybody. It's better than hearing a comic riff about the half pipe, though. Oh, yeah. Well, we've, I mean, we've brought it up a few times yeah. now, uh, but I think having somebody actually skate it will be kind of the next obvious step. You know, like, I, I can't imagine somebody hasn't done this already, but I really want to do it. It's, uh, it's well, first thing, it's a BMX ramp. 
because it's for these BMX guys that own this place. But is uh, it like it's skatable? Yeah, it's just a metal transition. They are in talks to build a new one right now, which will be like a skate, like a Ooh. proper one, which will be uh, real sick. I mean, because who, you know, why wouldn't you want a mini ramp here? Yeah, of course. Girls, it's- girls break their shins walking in fuck me pumps here all the time. <laughs> why not add a skateboard flying out of people's faces? That's, oh my god! It is. I've never. Every time I bring someone into town that's like visiting, I'm always like. They're like, well, what are we going to do tonight? I'm like, first, we're going to go set your baseline in New York City. We're going to go to Daryl and Ryan's bar. Yeah. <laughs> like Tenor Trap. And then we're going to see how that goes. And This then, is a good first introduction to Brooklyn in particular. I yeah. Think. And I don't mean on the Saturday nights. I mean, not not the comedy shows, but the late night dance party stuff. is like, it's intense, man. It, it's definitely, uh, um, uh, there's a lot going on. Let me put, like, just like you said, <laughs> it is like, it, it takes on this weird, it's like uh, B-dubs turns to dancing. Do they have B-dubs where you're from? Buffalo Wild Wings? Oh, yeah. We have one at uh, uh, Atlantic Terminal here, and it's my favorite place in the world. Yeah. I love Buffalo I- Wild Wings. Uh, I I got turned on to it in Texas. Uh, my brother lives down there. And I was visiting him, and he's like, it's fucking Wednesday wing night. Let's get some wings. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you, you want to go to like a bar or something? He's like, no, I have kids. We, we pick them up at B-dubs and bring them home. <laughs> you can just get soused at the B-dubs with your kids. It's, yeah. Uh, that's like that. It's a. It's like a Michigan. I mean, it's an everywhere staple. They're everywhere though. But there's another one in Harlem. I just randomly found, and I was like, yeah, that's the one I went to first because I was craving it. In New York City, that's how weird I am. Like in New York City, I'm like, I just want some shitty franchise wings. <laughs> Same thing goes with Olive Garden. We just did a big Olive Garden dinner. Oh, in man. Times Square, it was delightful. Jeremy. I've I've never been to an Olive Garden. Oh, before. it's you're. I, I want to say you're not missing anything, but you're missing everything. I'm <laughs> sure. I mean, it's it's the kind of thing where like, I mean, I I love. Taco Bell. It's like one of my favorite things Ooh, yeah. in the world. I like I I've had this bit that I've been kicking around for a long time that never really turned into anything, but it's about like being from Long Island and being from a place where there's a Taco Bell everywhere. Yeah. And there's this sort of feeling you get, and it's genuinely true. You you get this feeling when you pass a Taco Bell where you're like, I mean, I wasn't hungry, but like now I'm just enthused. And it, you get like this call of the wild sort of a thing, and you have to go. I, I seriously just got back in town three hours ago, and I'm not kidding. If you looked at my text messages, I sent one of my friends here in Greenpoint a text, and I was like, yo, that Key Foods Taco Bell is calling me, son. And I was like, wait, sorry, what? The Taco Bell over by Key Foods right here. It's right on McGinnis. I didn't know there was one Oh, yeah, it's right next to Key Foods. It's kind of hidden. It's like a gem. But I wrote, I just texted him like, two soft tacos, Nacho Bel Grande, and the most giant <laughs> Appalachian hillbilly Mountain Dew ever, and just, uh sugar crash. It's so good. Oh, my God. When they told me that like, it's grade D meat, I got more excited. Like, <laughs> I found out how hot dogs were made. I got more excited. I'm like, you can make that shit taste like heaven. Yeah, I, I remember there was, a, there was a big news story about Taco Bell and how they had been uh, giving people like E. coli yeah. or something from the green onions. Yeah. Uh, and, and uh, I, I think the day after that story broke, I ate at at uh, Taco Bell. Yeah. Well, statistically speaking, you're fine. No, they're gonna, you know, they'll they'll, they'll be crushing it. Right? I mean, they'll really be doing the extra health thing. I have a theory about the green onion things, though. And if you if you hear me out, uh, so they stopped doing green onions altogether. As a mm-hmm. Nacho Bell Grande person, 
that that that's like one fifth of the entire yeah, it's meal. It's a key component. I'm yeah. a, I'm a big uh, 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 cheesy Fiesta potatoes guy. Oh, nice. So that'd be the same thing as if I said, okay, we can't have potatoes anymore because there's an outbreak now. Yeah, and so but, now it's just cheesy Fiesta. But you're still, wants that. Yeah, but you're still paying for the cheesy potato Fiesta price under the same assume that it is like a Bell Grande situation. Right. Yeah. You know, but now we're six, seven years past the Ecole out, outbreak, and there's still no green onions because they don't have to bring them back. It's like the Patriot Act. There's no point in repealing it. <laughs> <laughs> We already gave away our freedom. Why the fuck would we give it back? We're, yeah. we're the frog in the boiling water. Dude, we're yeah. fine now. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're outliers right now, baby. That's we're, we're on there, though. All right, what, so you're uh, the, okay, the cheesy potato extravaganza. Uh-huh. What, else, what else do you go with? I, I order an obscene amount of food at Taco Bell every Fire time I go up. because I, I always have the impression that like this is going to be the only time this year I'll eat Taco Bell. <laughs> okay. And so I'm like of the mind where I'm like, all right, I'm just going to like try all the stuff. I'm going to like have all my faves, you know, you know, the, the crunch wrap, the fucking grilled burritos, like all, all the stuff. I, I eat everything there. Every time they have a new novelty item, I'll go and try the novelty You're item. You're a test pilot for Taco Bell. I love it. Do you ever tweet at them? Like, Get at me. I want to try some new shit. What if they say, what if you go no, to the gourmet never, kitchen? I'd like to, I, I would love, you know, Taco Bell, if you're listening, you know, I'd love Ooh. to try some new stuff. I'm too, uh, I'm too conscious of people looking at my Twitter to tweet at them. Oh, for real? <laughs> yeah. One time I found a fingernail in this uh, steakhouse called Brands. It's a Midwest chain. I found a fingernail in the peanuts they give you for free. And I, went, <laughs> and I, and I took a photo and tweeted, yeah, hey, Brands. Uh, uh, what was I say? I was like, do fingernails like, tend to come standard with a free peanut or do I have to pay extra? <laughs> and I got like 10 DMs for like offers of like gift certificates, but I kept refusing. And I finally got up to $100 and we went. But they kept at, but they're like, oh, and we, we would just expect as a courtesy to remove the tweet too. And I was like, not happening, but nah. I have intellectual uh, integrity when it comes up to that. The only person, that, the only thing I'm deleting is 4 a.m. when I tweet something that's just stupid. <laughs> That happens a lot, funny. though. I uh, I one time uh, when I was I think it was like eighteen, maybe seventeen. I uh, I found thirty seven cents in a Taco Bell cheesy bean and rice burrito. What the fuck? Thirty seven cents. Damn. Uh, I went back to the Taco Bell uh, and just got a, a another burrito. And there were sixty three cents in it. <laughs> 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 That's no, crazy. I did hang on to the coins that I got from that burrito mm. to then spend on another burrito another Damn. time just to complete the cycle. They're holy. Those are holy coins. I man, I would probably kept them. <laughs> you know, I would just kept the cheese in them in a Ziploc bag. Or at the very least, you would have tried for something a little better than like another burrito. It's like the people that win that play lottery and then they win and they're like, oh, this like they'll win five hundred bucks and just put five hundred more tickets. <laughs> like, baby, you got to cash out. It's like, uh, I was in Harlem in Central Park. And uh, I was just like randomly like running through like the, the park area this winter and um, <laughs> with a person, I, I snatched it. No. Um, and I went in like the little cliffy area. It's like randomly like where, have you ever been up in like the Northwest part of Central Park? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's waterfalls. It's uh -huh. crazy. I didn't yeah, know that. Great. Yeah, beautiful. And so, uh, yeah, but I was, <laughs> until the story, but I was there and I found this <laughs> little like cutout in the rocks and there was a, a used condom. Like one of those used condoms that there's no shadow of a doubt that it was used. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was like, but yeah, a pile in it, and then uh, uh, the wrapper, and then five dollars, like right. a five dollar bill, uh -huh. and then there's like a pair of drawers, like women's underwear, like right next to it. And okay, it was like that's uh, so I took the. What do you think I took? Yeah, I'm sure you took the five dollars. Okay, I, okay. Well, you have a lot of faith in me. I did. I took the five dollars, <laughs> but I like I put it in the pants of like my like running jacket or in the pocket of my. <laughs> I took these condoms and ran for it. I put it in the pocket of my running jacket 
And then uh, I just used it on laundry, and that store was anticlimactic. But, uh, <laughs> felt good. It felt gross transporting that five dollars because it was cl- clearly aided in sex trafficking of some sort. Well, I, I have a I have a Northwest uh, uh, Central Park story to to jump off of. Ooh, that. Let's go. Uh, I I one time went to a home that was right at the Northwest corner of Central Park. Okay. Um, to to pick up, I, I want to say it was. 300 bottles of lemon juice. What the fuck? And a uh, thousand sterilized empty bottles. It's just a weird, uh, it, it's, it, it was this weird phase in my life where I was just completely obsessed with uh, Craigslist free stuff. <laughs> oh my God. Just me and my old roommate Adam, we would go anywhere anywhere across the five boroughs if it sounded like the free stuff was like slightly good holy shit and this was like most days of the week we would be going somewhere to get some free stuff and so in this case we went to the top of central park to this guy's apartment to get lemon juice and empty bottles oh my what was it like like set the set the scene when you're walking in this is a nice place because it's beautiful really nice really nice home the guy is uh just some like some like mid-20s at the time probably maybe late 20s uh israeli guy okay who wanted to start his own vinaigrette company okay and then just didn't uh and he had all this shit laying around similar to this skateboard it's just like a thing that was sitting and collecting dust in his apartment Mm -hmm. for so long he's like i just got to get the hell rid of this stuff and me and Adam were like, what do you do with all of this? I don't know, but we're going to go get it, right? So we go up there, and it's like box after box after box of empty bottles and, and cases of just lemon juice, straight lemon juice. Wow. We borrowed our friend's boss's car that we didn't, I mean, I guess we like soft stole it. Because <laughs> like, we, we, we didn't really ask. Diet Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> we didn't ask, but he had, uh, this guy worked for a moving company and his boss kept his car on the same lot that they kept the truck on. And he also had a copy of the keys. Okay. So we went to the lot, we took the car, we drove uptown with it. That might be a hard steal. Okay, <laughs> continue. We packed the whole car full of it. It's like so little space left in the car after. Because yeah. it's just a little four-door, you know? It's yeah. not like a, a big car by any means. And we pack it completely full of all these bottles and shit. And we're just driving down the, the I guess, the West Side Highway. Just like if, if somebody... If somebody pulls us over, yeah, we have no explanation for why we have this car, and we also have no explanation for why we have all these bottles. If we crash, we're dead. Shrapnel everywhere. We're shrapnel everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> we're yeah. super fucked. Uh, we managed to get it home, and it was fine. And then what we ended up doing with it was uh, we, we uh, made and bottled lemonade to sell at punk shows as a benefit for political prisoners. <laughs> That's fucking sick. It was pretty cool. Was I love it. It was a weird time in my life where that- I was the liberation lemonade guy. <laughs> <laughs> this, is a, this lemonade screams freedom when you open it. <laughs> That's so rad. I just thought about this. Though. What if you were going to the West Side Highway and then the guy whose car you were in was in a cab? And he was like hung over, maybe smoked weed for the first time in years. <laughs> and he glanced over and was like, that my car? And he's like, nah, 
I don't know why there'd be like 300 cases of lemon water. In yeah, it. and these two complete strangers in the Damn. front of him. And uh, I will say, though, that it wouldn't have been his first time uh, smoking weed in a while because that guy ended up actually disbanding the company after tripping on peyote. Wow. He, uh, Yeah, he was in Arizona, I guess. He took peyote and tripped for like three days and came back and was like, I need to find a new direction in my life. I'm selling the company. And it wow. just disappeared. We never saw him again. Holy shit. Do you, are you a hallucinogens guy? Hallucinogens. Yeah. I, I was. Okay. Uh, for a while when I was in college, I was like really big into them. And then uh, acid I never liked because it's a huge time commitment. And yeah. I just don't feel like giving up that much of my time to anything, okay. let alone to, to a drug. Uh, then I have mushrooms. I, I did like every six months for, for several years. Okay. And it was like a, it was a routine in my life where I was like, this is how I decompress. This is how I get, you know, you, you like reset yourself to normal. Yeah. And I did it for a really long time. And then I had this one really amazing trip and I was like, I think I could just close the book on this. I don't think I need to trip again. It's I feel the, like this was good enough. I'm never going to get better than this. Like, what? What's the point? It's that George Carlin thing about how like a lot of psychedelics are self limiting. You know when you're, you know when you've hit when it's done. Have you heard him talk about that? No, I haven't. Acid and shrooms are self limiting mm -hmm. like when you when you've done them and used them, what they're for. Generally, your body, if you listen, tells you, okay, we're done. It was it. It's huh. not going to get better than that. He's I like can a look whole, that up. whole thing about it. Yeah, he talks about and how cocaine is the exact antithesis of that oh i bet <laughs> yeah. just like more 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 yeah it's crazy that um acid freaks me out for the simple fact that it's like uh when they're like oh you know you hear this a lot of comics now it's like very hip right now especially in like the, yeah. the post-economic comics that have not just made it but they're you know like multi-multi-millionaires and there's right. like it's rev you know it's it's revelatory yeah you know? it's like i i can't have a revelation right now like i have too many plates spinning right now like i can't wake <laughs> up tomorrow and be like this is working oh, yeah no know? no no space for that in my life yeah, right now i need to keep diluting myself in order to keep these things going yeah for sure and if <laughs> call it keeping the plates spinning whatever you want it's working now and i don't want to fuck with it so and I, I can't even imagine like uh i just remember seeing uh, my cousin is from arizona actually and he ate peyote when we were out there one day and have you seen beavis and butthead do america yeah yeah, yeah yeah do you know when they eat peyote and it turns into like a rob zombie yeah scene? and they see the they see the pigeons fucking and for whatever <laughs> reason the one pigeon has its wings like really far out <laughs> yes yes you've seen it yes very specifically but it, uh from what he told me it was a combination of that and like the movie heavy metal and i was, okay. like, I was like oh i'm good on that i don't i don't want to see it I, like i can stare and laugh at just and I can go to Barnes and Noble in Middle America and just die laughing. People watching, I don't need to crank up the volume on the yeah. pastels and oil paintings. Like it's, uh, <laughs> I mean, no diss if you're into that. By all means, I'm, yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I certainly don't judge anybody for continuing yeah. to do psychedelic drugs. I just, I think a lot of people like just keep doing it when they don't need to. Anymore. For sure, like I, you know, I, I had the complete trip. You know, like it wasn't. There was no part of it where I left and I was like, oh man, I wish we'd done a little more of that. It was perfect, you know, and and, and I feel like people have that trip more often than they acknowledge. I would say that, yeah, because, well, you know, it's funny because I wonder if it's because it has been talked up so much they're not even, it's like, have you heard those things about like when, the, or the thing about when people, uh, their childs are, their, their, I can't even talk to you. Their <laughs> childs are born. I'm a writer. <laughs> With fellow writer. Um, their children are born, and uh -huh. then they're told, like, it'll change your life, man, right away. And then you're just like, nah, because it's been hyped up so much in your head that, yeah, yeah. it does happen. 
And I wonder, I just remember doing it for the first time in college and where I went to college is in the Upper Peninsula, Michigan. And uh, it's fucking in the middle of nowhere. And yeah. they have the Iditarod. Do you know what the Iditarod is? The dog race? It's a sled, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The sled dog race in Alaska, the qualifier for it is called the UP200. It's in, it's in Michigan. Okay. And uh, that was a great night. I decided to take it for my first time when I was 17. And I remember walking down the street. I'm like, this is amazing. I'm like floating. You know, there's like five, six foot snow banks. We're like going down. I feel like I'm floating everywhere. And then I saw 400, you know, purebred Alaski Huskins that are talking to me, basically. Yeah. And they're just, I'm not even going to try to do the noises, but picture the dog, not the yelping, but the excited work dog. And I was like, this is fucking crazy, man. And like, and this is a 17 year old me. So I was like an extra hard shit bag. And I was just like, and then some girl was like on the third floor. And she was like, hey, Max. She, I remember her yelling because there's a party we were supposed to go to. Uh -huh. And I just saw her Beetlejuice all the way down. In front of me, and I was like, oh, damn. So I, I, I wonder if there's like big fans of dog racing like that. Oh hell yeah! People, Are there really? people flew in from Alaska to watch it, and then wow. they, they they like it so much that they actually do a false start. So the start isn't actually in Marquette, where my school was at. Uh -huh. They do a fake start where they go down the hill, go down this hill, take a hard right where everybody eats shit. I'm mm -hmm. not kidding. Everybody falls. Like the dogs just twist up and it's gnarly. Oh, Jesus! But then they just go another couple hundred feet, and then they stop, load everything back on trains, and then go like ten or in trucks, and then go like another ten miles into the deep woods. And then it starts. And what's the what's the point of doing the false start? I think it's just to get people hyped for the event. And I don't know why they can't run it out of the city all the way. There must be some logistical thing there. Or just not do it in a way that like twists the dog's ankles. Yeah, there's no. It must have been some real sadistic fuck that was in charge of course design. I was like, check out this hamburger hill. Yeah, <laughs> like, there, well, there was probably like uh, there was probably some sort of a focus group in the same way that like they they think about NASCAR and like hockey and stuff, yeah. where like the conflict is such a big part of the sport. Maybe they were like, well, people like watching dogs break their legs. Yeah, that's you know? a good point. <laughs> I was like, check this out. Old husky's about to eat it. This husky's gonna have to get put down because this is his only purpose. <laughs> Life. And imagine like you're not they're saying that they don't use their good dogs air quotes. This is, this is some Sarah Palin conversation, but like they just use their scrap dogs for yeah. like the start because like from the layperson who fucking knows that the dogs going no, hard of off course. the line. Obviously, yeah, you use the show dogs. Talk about white gill. I don't know. There's like nothing wider than dog sled racing. It's like we. It's, I'm assuming it's taken from the native people into it, and then we're like. Yo, uh, you know that thing you use for survival? We're going to make a race out of it, but not even a real race, <laughs> a fake stage race. And then 10 miles, maybe maybe in like 10 miles when no one's looking, they just put the real drivers in. And that's where they do it. And they show up in their cute fucking snowsuits. I don't know, I'm, 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 I'm mad suspect of that stuff. I'm just like, what are we doing here? I assume that, that a couple days ago, Jimmy Buffett concerts. I was like, wow, this is. I was trying to think of like the, the epitome of white. Like what is the whitest yeah. thing to do? And I, like I'm full disclosure, my grandma was a huge parrot head when I was younger. Uh -huh. I've been to so many Jimmy Buffett concerts. I enjoy the guy, right? Is that For, what they call them, parrot heads? Yeah, parrot heads are what Jimmy Buffett people are, right? What is that a reference to? Uh, it's like because he's tropical and he's on an island and there's parrots there. He is not tropical. He's a white guy. Well, I mean, he's the oppressing tropical kind. I think it's because he he was like a drug smuggling pilot that used to hide out in Jamaica. Is that true? Yeah, he's a drug smuggling pilot for for sure. Like Tim Allen? Uh, no, but Tim Allen just did it in a shitty Chevy in Michigan <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and ratted people out. That's why he got out. We know your secrets, Tim. Jimmy Buffett went out on top. Hell yeah, he left the game like Jay Z. <laughs> Started with nine grand, and now he has a uh, casino resorts. That's possible. He uh, <laughs> he used to live with Hunter S. Thompson. 
What? Yeah, Hunter S. Thompson. Oh, man, we're about to go. This is for my, my close friends are listening to this. They're just like, oh, Max, about to bring him down the wheelhouse. Oh, but, uh, bring me down. No, so Jimmy Buffett used to have a house in QS, still does. But uh, Hunter S. Thompson was a dear friend of his in the 70s. He left Hunter in his place for a month because he went traveling abroad uh-huh. and forgot the number one rule with Hunter is to shut off the phones because he's a huge drunk dialer. Yeah. And he came back, and I could be wrong on the number, but after a month, he racked up a $19,000 phone bill because it formed the morning he just called like london and paris and wow this is pre you know unlimited data this is old school hardline and uh, it's it's in a great it's in that hunter s thompson documentary that johnny depp narrates it has jimmy buffett in there oh, talking no about shit. it yeah it's pretty awesome wow yeah i'm uh it's it's but still uh, so i i would go ahead and say that you're a very big jimmy buffett fan I, i'm up there dude <laughs> it's uh it's like trap music uh, lots of old hip hop and then Jimmy Buffett. So I'm a fucking tool. <laughs> I swear, I'm a, I'm a weird dude. I'm a weird guy. That is so strange. And you know what? It's like I'm not. I can't even lie about it. Like I couldn't even. If, if the hottest girl came up to me and she's like, "If you say anything but you're a Jimmy Buffett fan, all will go well." I'd be like, "I can't. I can't lie. I can't deny the Buffett." That's not true. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I'm a straightforward guy. So you would lie Buffett. in that case. Mm-mm. I couldn't do it, dude. I couldn't give her the satisfaction. What if I died right then and then I, you know, got up there? I don't know. I don't even believe in up there. Yeah, <laughs> and, and St. Peter's up there, and he's like. You said you weren't a Jimmy Buffett fan, and we all know you know the anecdote about Hunter S. Thompson. <laughs> and they all know that heaven is just one big Jimmy Buffett concert. Oh, God. It's like 700,000 white people are so happy, and the rest of the people just like, God yeah. damn it. <laughs> just the people that work the Jimmy Buffett concert. Dude, it could be. Heaven is just like okay for them. <laughs> yeah, it's like they're like, all right. I mean, I'm seeing my grandmother and shit. You ever think about that heaven-wise, that like people always think that they're going to like be reunited with their loved ones and things like that, but then also that like they're going to hang with Biggie and Tupac? Like they yeah, could, like like Biggie and Tupac don't have a list of a million more interesting people to talk yeah. to up there. They couldn't get into a club on earth, let alone in a far-off place. Are you a heaven guy? No. Damn it, I wish I was. I, I don't know, man. I, I There's a part of it that's like... I, like, I want to believe it, yeah, but I just, like, I don't know. It's it, it's like a, it's like the after party, you know? Everybody wants there to be an after party, yeah. but it just doesn't... Man, it's just like, you look, I remember trying to write something about this before I moved to New York as a comic, and, like, thinking, I was like, man, you just look at... Uh, I have a great few friends that are really religious, and I totally respect what they're doing and all that, but it's got to be it's so much easier to be... F- and sorry, guys, but it's got to be so much... Just to live in that ignorance of just, like, that the faith thing, you know? Like, I, I pointed up when I said that to Jeremy, but I was like, the faith thing, you know? I was like, <laughs> you know, up there. Yeah, you know, up, See, up the, there. The thing is, though, that I, I think you're right that, like, just being a, a general Christian is probably easier than being yeah. an atheist or an agnostic or any of that sort of stuff. But then to be to be a Christian who also questions has to be the hardest one. Oh, oh wow, what a great point. Because consider this, consider that you do believe that there's an afterlife and you do believe there's a God, but you don't necessarily buy into the fact that the Christians are right or that anybody in particular is right. Yeah. Then there's a million options. There's so many possibilities Fuck. of like, well, well, what happens when you get up there? What if you get up there and there is heaven, but it just kind of sucks? You know, what if you get up there and God's real, but God's also insane? And like, he yeah. tries to fucking murder you over and over and over again. There's so many options of just terrifying things that could be up there. 
it's like going to a party where you know one person, like a girl you're hanging out with, and you go there and everybody sucks. Yeah. And they're, or they're just like four degrees away from the type of person you are, but just enough to skew the strip where you're not ending up on an island no matter what. <laughs> like, you're fucking gone. And you're just like, oh, I'm going to the bar. I'm just going to try to forget this point. I, I, it, and I can't say so much as ignorance because I'm just as ignorant. You know, I don't know anything what's going on. Yeah, you know? no. I, but the thing to me is, is like the... It, it, damn it, man. I just, that, just that, if it makes you a better person, I'm all for it, whatever it is. You know what I mean? But even, yeah. but even by that logic, it's like, like all the things that have been done in the name of so many things on this planet. And then you're just like, Hey, there's this, there's this like stepdad guy up there. He's going to get you, Max. Did you, you jerk off four times? <laughs> like you're, yeah. you're done. You're done on it. That's really the thing that gets me about like just kind of the the blank slate general, you know, religions of the world is like when when you get down to God caring about morality kind of seems insane to me. Yeah. You know, like that like this guy who who we can observe space. Okay. You know, we can see the universe. So even if like even if God's exclusively focused on humans on earth and there's no life anywhere else, he still has a whole lot of like beautiful creative work out there, you know, like all these like gorgeous arrays of stars and clouds and colorful balls and whatever. And like, he's got so much cool shit he's got going on. You really think that he gives a shit that you're jacking off right now? I don't think so. I know, but then they're like, he's everywhere. And I'm like, dude, that's, I mean, that sounds like even a drag. In, even in New York, though, you got to wait a few minutes for a taxi. <laughs> like, he, he has to be doing something differently. Like that would. Can you imagine that poor son of a bitch? If that is real, though, that just like he's up there, just like, oh yeah. I mean, I uh, created this. Have you seen that? Um, that new. Do you follow Little Dicky at all? No, I don't know what that is. Little Dicky is a rapper. He's a white rapper. He's an accountant for years, but then okay. he got out of it and he became like this crazy YouTube star, uh-huh. and now he's backed by like Snoop. Um, I mean, everybody, he made like a video. It's he basically like everything he makes is generally contradictory to what the, the status quo in hip hop is air quotes in terms mm-hmm. of like, he made a, a music video for free by like going to hijack T pain was filming a video and he went there and like, <laughs> did his own, but he has this new song uh, called uh, pillow talking and it's on there, but he talks, it's John C. Riley plays God in the, in the music video. It's like a really good mini movie, like a 10 minute movie. Okay. But he talks about how like God made dinosaurs and he's like, nah, I want blondes. Like, fuck <laughs> this. And like, there's just so much to wrap your head around with that. And then when I see people like, like me it sounds like you as well we're just like that's so much to talk about but then you see someone i have a, gr- a very dear friend here in the city that is hyper religious a full of few people mm-hmm. and they're just like well he'll take care of it and you're like oh man i i don't think that way about my parents <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah there's nobody in this world that i would say like yeah he'll take care of. i don't rely on anybody like that yeah that's- i don't know that just oh and then on the other side of it too like you're gonna you're gonna do the guy like that or the, the girl like that. You're gonna just be like, it's in your hands now. Like uh, you know, driving drunk, hammered with yeah. one eye open, like it's in God's hands. That's <laughs> yeah, that too. You don't think that God is like a little bit like, hey, you know, maybe fucking do it for yourself this time. You yeah. know, I can't be everywhere all the time. I mean, I can because I'm God. But yeah. Like you know, like I don't want to be. Maybe I want to just watch the game. You know. I, I just had like a visual, like like an image in my mind of God, like walking down a hall with his head down. He's like kicking like cans. And he's like, sometimes I want to jerk off twice Saturday morning. <laughs> <laughs> like, like God, I don't ever judge you guys. This is bullshit. That'd be an amazing like a photo to have in my apartment or like a sketch. Anyone out there? Hit me up, artist. That would be fucking awesome. <laughs> What about um, flat earthers? How the fuck is this being talked about? 
I, you know what? I, I sympathize. <laughs> okay. I sympathize with the flat earth thing because, I mean, observably it is. Yeah. And, and unless you're in space, you have no reason to believe that it's ra- uh, It's It comes down to the same thing where, like, I, I live my life in, in just general ignorance, and I'm okay with that. Okay. You know, I don't know much about science. I don't understand science. So I just kind of stay out of it. You know, I, yeah. I trust that they're right, but, like, it really doesn't inform my life very much. But if I were somebody who, who was more questioning of this type of thing, I could totally understand looking at it and being like, the hell, man, look, it's fucking flat. I'm looking at it right now. It's flat. It's clearly flat. Wow. That's wild. Like, I don't think it's true, but I totally understand why somebody would think it's true. Yeah, that's wild to think that. Though. But on the but then on like the same token, they're like, "I'm gonna take this pill to cure my cancer." I'm like, well, what's in it? Cancer pill? <laughs> like, yeah. You don't know anything about it? Well, it's right in front of my face. It works. It just it's the uh, human being has an amazing capacity to like uh, selective learning and understanding yeah. and like uh, to apply the logic to it. But the way that I live with science is the same way I imagine that a religious person lives with God. Ooh. You know what I mean? Like I I live with hell. science in a way where like I don't I don't know what the hell any of it's about. I don't know any of that shit, but like I I trust that they're right because they seem like they are. And yeah. if I grew up in such a way that somebody had said to me, you know, like there's a god, god loves you, god cares if you jack off. I'd be like, well, shit, better not jack off or at least like apologize when I do. But instead it's like Neil deGrasse Tyson talking about. Uh, yeah, I trust the guy. He seems like he knows what's going so on. So knowledgeable. I just heard him on the Joe Rogan podcast and they were discussing the <laughs> infinity of infinity and how it could also, it could be big, but it could also be infinitely small. Yeah. It blew, I'm not even a stoner. It blew my fucking mind, Jeremy. I, was I like, mean, it, it probably blows minds. For me, it, it sounds like, okay. That's that stuff doesn't interest me very much. Really, you know, I I don't get I don't, I don't get down on science it, very much. But I think about it, I'm like, damn, that's pretty wild. <laughs> I just like no matter what I hear every day in scientific like scientific discoveries, I love I get this big smile on my face, uh-huh. and I just think, wow, no matter what anyone says within our life or within our parents' lifetimes, there's still doctors that used to recommend cigarettes as medicine. Yeah, that's so funny to me. Like I people get pissed at that. I I love that shit so much. I'm like the biggest fan of like children smoking I, I think it's so cool <laughs> a little mischief you ever see a kid smoking it's so fucking funny it's man. hilarious yeah it's no that best. little kid at the end of the kendrick lamar video Dude, yeah, yeah yeah so yeah. funny that's so oh it's so good you see a kid he's just like i'm fucking especially being around skateboarding so much you definitely get your fair share of the punk kids yeah. <laughs> were you young were you a punk when you were a kid i was yeah i uh i mean i you know i run a, a punk comedy show now yeah. so I'm, I'm definitely still clinging to that identity yeah you know, pushing 30 and still living this way is probably not, uh, great, but it's fine. Uh, yeah, I was a, I was a punk when I was a kid and there was a lot of like, I mean, I knew this kid fucking, uh, piss. That's <laughs> what he went I, by. Uh, sorry, but I just skated with a kid all weekend from Albany also named piss. Continue. No kidding. I swear to God. It's, it's a young kid. It's, so. it's not the same kid. This kid's old now, but, uh, there's two pisses. There was this kid piss that we knew. And, uh, I didn't know him until he was like maybe like 14 or 15, but like the guys who I hung out with were hanging out with him when he was like 10 or 11. 
And the first time they met him, he was 10 years old, and he was tripping on Robitussin at a casualties show. Damn. 10-year-old <laughs> kid. And he comes from, like, a good family, too. It's they, not, like, a broken home or anything. He just, like, fucking got into punk, and punk ruined his life. Dude, it's like a rich kid will do. It's always the, it's like, I think the rich kid is the new preacher's kid. Well, I don't think he was rich. I think he was just, like, doing okay. You know, oh, like, okay. it was, like, from a fine family. Gotcha. It was, like, a, you know, Oceanside sort of, you know, uh, middle class type of upbringing. Yeah. But, yeah, he that kid was nuts, and now he's like fucking maybe like in his early twenties, mid twenties, something like that, and and just like surfs all day long. That's all are he does. Are you Facebook friends with Piss? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, I keep up with Piss. him a little bit. He uh, this is in Long Island. Yeah, he grew up in Long Island. He lives in California now. Okay. Damn, uh, and he just surfs all the time because he's like, I've fucking lived my life. Like, I've done everything. Like, I don't need to. He's like, I've done Robitussin. I, he, I mean, he was doing dry. He got his dick sucked when he was like eleven. It's insane. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The responsibility with that alone. <laughs> well, sounds like a nice girl. Or it's a punk show. It could have been a dude. I don't know the full story, but as it far as Gigi as, Allen, <laughs> <laughs> you never know. As as far as I know, the story goes that uh, uh, someone sucked his dick and then and then he peed because he couldn't come. Oh, that's that, the story. I don't know how piss, true it is. This is punk. But that's not how he got the name Piss is weird enough. Like, he was called Piss already, and then that happened. Wow, he lived up to his legend. I know, it's the kind of thing where it's like, well, what did you expect? <laughs> yeah, he looks at the girl, he's like, yeah. He's like the Guinness Book World Records first 11-year-old to be into water sports. That would be next level. Damn, that would be so crazy. I think right now, like, having owned a skate shop for five years and seeing the kids, especially when they lose their virginity, and I've talked about this on before, but it is so funny talking about from when we lost ours, and, like, I'm 34, but, like, my generation, yeah, which is basically just trying not to finish in 10 seconds, uh-huh. to now it's like, yeah, man, like, she, I told her to spit on it, and she wouldn't. Like, what a prude. And you're like, Ugh. what the fuck, dude? What happened? And you're like, oh, yeah, you're the you-porn generation. Yeah, I... I don't. Yeah, that's creepy. I don't. I don't like that. That's crazy though. Like, these little deviant kids, and like it's uh, you know, it's a big deal for certain people, and the other ones are just like, do you think the porn is just gonna like? Where's it gonna go? It's gonna go to what I'm doing now. Actually, my my weird day job right now. What's your day job? Uh, I'm building an artificial intelligence. <sighs> Brings me a skateboard, and then drops an AI bomb on here. This is in the first of the episode. You're you're building an artificial intelligence for yeah. your day job. Uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I, I work for a company that's building artificial okay. intelligence, and uh, essentially what it is is it's for like teen girls who are just like lonely and don't feel like they have friends to like chat with something. Oh my god! Uh, and it's supposed to be like very empathetic and like funny and joke around with you and whatever. And like that's how I ended up there. Is they were looking for somebody who was like kind of funny and whatever. And I sent them some hard times articles. I sent them a tape of my stand up, and they were like, "Cool." All right, you work for us now. Wow, and yeah, is that's wild. Like freelance, or are you like in there Monday to Friday? I was freelance. Now I'm Monday to Friday. Holy shit, that's so cool. But so one of the things that we noticed like right away is that like kids are kids, and they you know they're having their little budding sexualities, and they want to fucking you know fool around with the artificial intelligence. Like wow. I'd say that about sixty percent of the the chat logs that I look at of teens just talking to the robot, like. They're trying to fuck the robot. Wow. So you're, okay, so they think they're talking to this anonymous bot that's theirs. It is. Meanwhile, I mean, there's a stand-up in New York that's reading it for research purposes. Yeah, I mean, it's both. They're both true. I mean, they're talking to it, and nobody outside of our company sees this stuff. But yeah. I mean, like, we have to use it to inform future writing and programming and figuring out how the robot can function at a higher level than it already does. So is everything scripted that you're writing in that, or no? 
my my role in it is, is entirely scripted, but there is deep learning stuff going on that's kind of generating grammatical rules, and it's going to be a long time before this thing can generate dialogue on its own. Yeah. So, kind of what I'm doing is the early phases of that, where I'm like I'm writing all the stuff it says so that we get the responses that we want, so that it goes to the next thing that we want. But that all is being logged and and put into its brain that it's eventually going to use to understand language. Where are you finding the, the subject cases of the, the girls that are talking to it? Is it just like an is it just like an online? Thing? Oh, it's just an app. It's it's an app on your phone, and you just wow. talk to your phone. It's like uh, it's like her. You know, it's like that I was just thinking, her. is it like her? Wow. It totally is. Yeah, it's very much that it. part in that movie where Scarlett Johansson breaks it to him that she's like simultaneously dating. Spoiler alert: thirty thousand other guys at the same time. Yeah, you know, and he's bummed. I was so hyped. That's like my <laughs> dream girlfriend. I'm like, you mean I'm only have to be compensated for one thirty-three thousandth of your time? That's perfect. That right? is, yeah, that's that's a pretty sweet deal, I'd imagine. Fuck yeah! And she's like, I mean, in computer terms, she's always there for me whenever I need it. See, I never actually saw her. Oh, I don't. Good. I don't know the. I don't I'm know the movie, Johnson, though, but yeah. uh, uh, I. I love him. I'm a huge yeah. fan of him. Yeah. Uh, you ever see uh, What's Up, Fat Lip? No. Is that one of his oh, short films? Yeah, it's a short documentary that he made about Fat Lip from the Far Side. Uh, no, I didn't see that one. During so the filming good. of the music video, What's Up, Fat Lip? Okay. And uh, it's just kind of like they're on all... You know that video, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's all the different sets from that video where they're like, you know, with those two little Mexican kids with the bicycle that they, they knock him over. So it's him talking to those kids. And then oh, it's him in the clown costume, like walking around town and talking to Spike. And the whole thing is filmed in such a way that it feels very first person so it feels almost like you're just like hanging out and like smoking with with fat lip from the far side wow but like what's cool about it is that it's it's simultaneously this like very uh like uh, emotionally vulnerable place that we see him in but also seeing the way he has his guard up in a lot of ways like so for example one of the opening scenes is they're <laughs> sitting in the van waiting to go do one of the scenes in the grocery store right and fat lip is like you know, it's just like really tough out there, man. Like I got no fucking money. I mean, I'm like, I'm not riding the bus yet, but I'm like real close, you know, and like shit's real fucking bad. And, and you know, like I got like six, seven kids I got to support, different moms, you know, I'm fucking draining my money. I got nothing left. And like, don't be surprised if you start seeing fat lip on the bus. And like, it's like this really intense, sad thing. And then just out of nowhere, Spikes is like, man, you ain't got any kids. And he's like, I know. <laughs> oh shit. I got to watch that now. It's really fun. It's worth it. Damn, that's funny. And he goes like really in depth on that story from uh, uh, Oh Shit. You know that song, Oh Shit? Yeah. And there's the story about him uh, hooking up with the trans person. Yeah. And he goes like really in depth on that story and tells the whole thing. And it's it's super neat. He's a co-owner of Girl Skateboards and like all the crowd. Yeah, yeah. He's No uh, kidding. Yeah, he's like childhood friends with all those guys because he's from the BMX skate huh. side of it. Holy he shit. He had a, um, a magazine that he was editor of when he was really little. His real name's Adam. Fat Lip. No, no, no. Spike Jones. Oh. Yeah. I was going to say, Fat Lip owns no, a skateboard company. No, no, Spike Jones does. <laughs> that makes sense because he directed that girl video. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. With the invisible skateboards and, and stuff. Like, way back, he did like a lot of the videos too. He actually scored a few. Uh, there's a movie called Rubbish Sheep that's like a classic skateboard movie. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And uh, it, he, uh, you can hear him. It's him singing. He makes this song, huh. the Rodney Mullen part, where he's like, 
it's like weird short film that wait uh, which uh which mullen part is that uh it's rubbish sheep it's called yeah no i know it's, i mean um, like what what like uh landmarks would i would i know uh, from it? you know what i mean because he's got that one where he does like the cool like uh, camera up into the air and then back down no and, this like, is way before that this is oh, okay. like really old like uh it was pre-cgi anything this was like oh. i want to say it's like early 90s i could be wrong i'm gonna get shoot up for the skate history on oh, i'm so but, curious is it like pre i'll send it like, to you it's it's like it's after gold it's well it's post video days oh um, yeah so video days was 91 i believe yeah i think oh, it is 91 so maybe this is like 93 94 huh pretty sure because he did video days yeah yeah and so i'll send i'll send the link to it dude I, sure. I i love that shit it's, Me a, and, it's uh, just him he like they didn't have a song to use and he was just like watching the part and it's just him on like a little kid's keyboard he's huh. like, dun, dun. it's like very sing-songy and like his shitty voice but there's this interview on that uh, they do a thing called the Crail couch which is at girl mm-hmm. skateboards yeah yeah you know so yeah but they were there and uh they're like there's a new york times reporter following him around when they're filming where the wild things are and they're like one last question have you caught spike lying yet and he's huh. like what and they're like just wait <laughs> he's known for just starting shit with people out of nowhere that's, like, that's very uh, yeah guy he absolutely kills it there's um yeah big fan of that guy for sure what um so you're what you're almost 30 you said yeah i'm uh 29 i just turned 29 in february how long have you been in the city uh gotta be 10 years now oh wow so yeah, you're, 10 years you're not new to this shit no, I mean, I'm new to stand-up. I'm yeah. only a couple of years into stand-up, yeah. but I've been living in the city since I was uh, 18. What made you do the jump to uh, stand-up? Uh, well, I've been, like, I guess I've been, like, creatively trying to be funny for, like, my whole life. Okay. Like, everything, like, when I was a kid, we used to make, like, little videos, uh, and, like, nobody ever saw them, but, like, we we had this whole grand vision of, like, we're going to be, like, these little kids making these funny tapes, and, and, and we would try to put them out, and nothing would happen, right? Yeah. Uh, and I made like comic books and I, I, I wrote stories and I had, uh, I had bands that would always be in some way informed by comedy. And there was this one point where like I was working on a comic book with my, with my friend Andy and we got to a point where like our creative process was just like very strained and it wasn't working anymore. And I was like, how do I just do funny stuff without working with other people? <laughs> and that was how I came up with stand up is I was like you just write funny stuff go say it it's as raw of comedy as you can get so you started in the city here mm-hmm. was that do you wish you started somewhere else like offsite or yeah completely yeah. it's so hard starting here and like it it seems like I mean I, it's hard starting anywhere like starting stand up yeah. is insane but like I, I mean the first time I ever did it there was a hundred people and it was at this booked open mic that packs out that's and insane it was fucking I mean and then you know within few weeks here in the club there which is 250 300 people and yeah you're doing the open mic there and you're like wow but then you talk to people when i first got here and you're just like yeah my first time was at the creek and i just like ate shit and wow. didn't go there again for a year <laughs> <laughs> i try to tell people about the creek like especially out of town comics visiting i'll take over there and they're like uh should i bring my a material i'm like yeah dude bring your a material but Why then no? get, be ready to then not like your a material yeah anymore. for sure that's the best way to say it i'd be like dude, don't don't focus on getting laughter focus on getting people's eyes off their cell phones yeah right it's, i say this constantly if the person sitting on the front couch takes their eyes off you you're doing okay like you're fine though <laughs> and don't ever talk about the drum set 
Yeah, I've never. Actually, that's uh, like an immediate thing to talk about. Like you can tell someone's never been there before because we're like, oh, look at this great riff off this drum set. Rip yeah. Shot. Although yeah. I did see uh, Tommy McNamara one time uh, finish his set by going over to the piano and playing like a little song to the host, wow. and that was pretty great. <laughs> I wish to God I could play piano. Are you musically inclined? I am. Yeah. I, I uh, actually, I'm leaving from here to go uh, to band practice. <laughs> Whoa! What do you play? Uh, I play bass in this band. Sick. That's what Nikki uh, on the bartender trap. He plays bass too. Like he's played all over and uh, cool. we're talking about because i'm moving i live in midtown now and i'm moving to greenpoint next week uh-huh. and i'm first thing i do when i get to my place is buy a guitar because my old skate shop used to be next to a guitar shop mm-hmm. and i just i always try to play it but i'm not musically inclined I'm not yeah. from a musical family at all and then i never got the hang of it but finally i was starting to and then when i moved to new york full-time i was like shit there's no place to put a guitar yeah it's it's tough it's it's not an easy place to play guitar bass is easier because yeah. you don't need like effects you don't need the you don't need the sound to carry like you do with a guitar. Like a yeah. guitar, if you're not playing through an amp, it sounds very tinny and weird. Yeah. But a bass, it just sounds like a bass. And so you can just plug it into your computer and put headphones on and you're fine. Oh, sick. Okay. That makes sense. But, uh, I mean, I do play guitar also. And like, I've been a singer in a band before and like, I've, d- I've done all this stuff. I can drum. And just... Do you find yourself as in like, uh, the, mo- do you need uh, multiple creative facets to like get to a higher place with your stand up? to get to a better place does it help you no if anything it's making it worse okay but it's also just like i i can't not do these things yeah you know like it's i've always described i've had this band uh not the one i'm in now that i'm going to practice for but i've had another band called sons of thunder that's been like we we had an active era when we were all teenagers yeah but since high school we've kind of on and off again played together right and it's sort of this weird thing that feels a bit like a like a romantic relationship where like if you're not playing together like it's almost like when you're not having sex and yeah. and it becomes strained and weird and 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 you have to you have to do it sometimes you know and 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 yeah, our friendships would become kind of weird and distant if we weren't playing music and then once we do it's like immediately for the next couple of months we're like thick as thieves again you know i've never been in a band before so i can't relate to that like with stand-up wise it's like i always think my friends that are in bands here or wherever i'm always like dude you guys have each other that's so cool and they're like we do have each other and that is cool until it's not cool yeah and then it fucking erodes very quickly it can be very tough there's i i mean i won't i won't pretend that being in a band is like always great and and sexy like that but like it definitely it's it's a part of me that like i just can't deny is there you know and so even though it definitely harms my stand-up it's a night of the week that i can't go do a mic yeah. you know but it's also like i'm gonna die someday you know and i don't want to die having wished like i'd done more music or i'd done more comedy or i'd done more writing or i'd spent more time with my girlfriend and uh, and had a more fulfilling career and like all these other things so i'm like always spinning so many plates because i'm like i don't want any of these not to be here <laughs> That's it's such a weird thing because that's the I guess that's a similar way to where I've just resolved the fact that I feel better when I do these things and I have to do them. But like I'll go through little phases where I'll be like, okay, a new stand up to work on, like, which is like that's my job. Like I'm mm-hmm. a stand up, whatever. That's like what I'm doing here. But writing like pays lots of the bills, so yeah. it's like okay, we'll do that too. We'll like, but it's, but then with the stand up, it's like a certain type of brain you're using, and then the writing is too, and then the other creative stuff, which is just random, or like skating or whatever it is. You're just like, yeah. But I found out if I just focus on like stand up, and I'm like, okay, cut the other shit out. 
it dries up real quick, like right. it, just in terms of where you grab from. What's your? Uh, this is the first time I've ever asked this question on here, but I'm fascinated by it. What's your process <laughs> writing wise? Like, what, how do you approach writing? Oh, geez. I mean, right now I'm in a terrible place to talk about this because yeah. my writing process has been garbage. Okay. I haven't had a new good bit in a while. Yeah. But essentially, I mean, it, it, it's very much built on like an idea that flashes into my head that I just like immediately write down before it goes away. And then just taking it to the stage and, and seeing if that works. And then if that works, then I'll start kind of looking at it from different angles of like, what would it mean if this happened? Or what would it mean if I was approaching it with this sort of a mindset or if somebody else was observing this thing, you know, and then kind of trying to find the jokes from there. Okay. It's really, I don't know. It's, it's, it's always weird on podcasts when people talk about their process yeah. because like for me, the process isn't necessarily something that I have a very concrete grasp on. No, it's I know. just something that happens and is, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. And that's what's like, that's why this whole thing kind of started is because we're having that conversation with like guys like yourself or girls like other comics, you know, everybody mm-hmm. does out and not just comics. It was just like, it's interesting because everyone's kind of different. You know, yeah. certainly like Billy Prinzel was on here and I didn't uh-huh. know he talks everything out. Like he's a verbal he writes yeah. like to himself, whatever though, and I was like, I don't know, I could never do that. You know, yeah. I also can't do comedy like Billy does comedy. You know, That's so it's true. like there's all these people out there that do differently, and I think it's just so interesting to kind of see one kind of like fine needle. And when I was just uh, or one needle on the thread, I was um, actually like I said a million times, I was just in Albany, and I, the show we did there, this kid came up to me afterwards, which the intro to this before the normal intro plays is a thank you to the Albany because this kid came up to me and he's a new comic, he's done two open mics. Uh huh. But he was talking about, I did this thing where I took like all the highlights because the question I'll ask you at the end of this is, uh, you do you have any advice for new comics other than getting on stage? Yeah. And, you know, we were talking this before too, you do a podcast, you kind of put it out there in space and you hope people listen to it. But right. when they actually do and they kind of call you on it, you're like, oh fuck, like okay, like let's do it. But he was saying, that's so valuable to him. And I, uh-huh. I kind of got off it for a bit because I was like, oh, whatever, you know, the most generalized question. But when I, where I started, it seemed like there was a very, and I'm, I'm new too, but like where um, uh, it seemed like there were questions you couldn't ask like the headliners. You know what yeah. I mean? It was like kind of dorky to do it, but I was like, ah, fucking, I'm a dork. I'm going to do it anyways. <laughs> um, but that's why I asked you about it too because it is interesting, especially with your comedic style. I think it's um, vulnerability. Uh-huh. And I think you're very honest when you're up there. Would you agree with that assessment? Like, Yeah, well, there was a point uh, maybe about like a year and a half, two years ago where I kind of hit a wall with what I was doing because like when I, when I started, I was like people who saw me when I first started out will tell you like I was a very like surreal sort of like a very like distant comic. I was doing a lot of like this very alty sort of style where I was like, I mean, my, I had this like five to seven minute, depending on the night a uh, bit about just like, iguanas in the 90s and just like what happened to all the iguanas that there used to be in the 90s and they aren't here now and that's true there aren't iguanas and, and so it starts from this sort of place of just like hey he's right what did happen to all those iguanas but then yeah. it turns into this whole surreal thing about like you know they there were these kids who would roam the streets in green leather jackets trying to be like iguanas and like they would eat lettuce and grapes because they wanted to be like iguanas and it was a whole thing and it just wow. went on and on and on but at some point I just kind of realized that like when people leave a show, you leave either having remembered something really distinctly funny about somebody that you saw, or you remember something really distinct about that person. Absolutely. And I felt like being this weird surrealist guy kind of kept me at a distance from the people who were seeing it. Okay. 
And so I started just kind of turning inward and I was obsessive about like everything needs to be about me. That's all I'm writing about. And like perhaps to a fault, you know, I don't know necessarily that I'm doing the right thing at this point, but it's what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, I, I just kind of stopped doing the thing I was doing through all that stuff. I don't do any of those bits anymore. Yeah. Is it uh, weird when you kind of let one set sail? Like you put an iceberg and push it out and you're like, I'm done with you. Is it a weird feeling? Do you have like a lot, like a like a lost feeling, like a family member, maybe? Uh, no. Family member of a dick joke. <laughs> no. If, if anything, it feels like what I always imagine it'll feel like if I quit comedy. <laughs> like it, when when people see you and they're just like, "Hey, whatever happened to stand up comedy?" You know, like it's kind of like that where like I'll see people who haven't seen me since like a couple of years ago. Yeah. Who will be like. Oh, you still do the iguana bit? And I'm like, no, I haven't done it in years. I've evolved as a person. Yeah. But you only <laughs> see my last set. I was thinking about this the other day. Um, people that do comedy like once a week here in New York when the weather's nice. Fair weather comedy. Yeah. So open mics. So a lot of them are still doing like their newest Trump joke, which uh-huh. there's people out there that are slaying it. Brad Wenzel just did Conan, Michigan comic, destroys trumpets, hilarious. Uh-huh. But I was thinking about this. I was like, wow, if you only go to comedy, if you only go to comedy, if you only go do an open mic once a week, right? So let's say he was elected 100 days ago. How many weeks? Was that 10 weeks? 12 weeks? Oh, I don't know, but it is 100 days. It's 100 days. Yeah. So 100 days ago, right? But you're only doing it once a week. So let's just say how many weeks goes into 100 12, 13, let's not do math. We did it once with the burrito bit. We're done. Uh, Feel free to talk shit. 13 minus one day. There you go. So so there's that. So that guy's only heard 13 days of his newest Trump joke, right? So 13 days he's been doing it, okay? Yeah. Versus us who are there every single day have 100 days times two or three, depending on how many mics or shows they're doing in a night. Yeah. So that there's this weird kind of, this is the things I think about when I'm acting like I'm listening. Like uh, if you're like two hours deep into a mic or maybe, you know, you're just kind of out of it. Yeah. I'm, I, I started thinking about this, like kind of like the mathematical thresholds of like what you hear and how many times you hear it. Mm-hmm. And when they're like, oh, I guess this isn't uh, the room to do that bit. Well, no, it just, it's been done a <laughs> hundred times more to me than it is to you. Do you ever yeah. think like that? It, is it, it's not a nice thing. Generally, if I go down that road, it means I'm not paying attention enough to myself, which I'm very, uh. I'm yeah, very upfront about. But. I mean, I won't lie. I I am, you know, I I am judgmental of, yeah. of of comics. I mean, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not Jesus here. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I definitely think a lot about other people and what they're writing about, and, and for sure, it's in no way valuable to yeah. me. That's the thing that I'm starting to realize too is that like thinking about other people being, you know, hacks or like it's too obvious or like your gimmick is like just a gimmick. Like it has no. Uh, no value it doesn't do anything for me yeah uh, but i keep doing it i know it's weird i think it's human nature it must be because it's like i'll like uh I'm not even like a shit talker i'm naturally confrontational just from my upbringing so i don't uh-huh. know whatever um uh that mean streets of jimmy buffett land but um <laughs> i don't know what it is though where it's like Generally, and even it goes with the politics too. Like, I, you, it's like you want to slow down and watch the car crash, and you shouldn't. You should just be looking forward, or uh, yeah, you know, you should be like, well, like, you know, I could say that the default, I could be writing right now. You know, yeah, like and that. and and you, to keep with the car crash thing, you you look at the car crash thinking to yourself, well, at least like if I look at the car crash, then I'll understand how that crash happened, and then I won't crash that way. But it definitely won't help you that way. Damn, I just want to see bodies. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing is, it's like yeah. you you lie to yourself and you say. For sure. like, 
like, I want to see this crash so that I know not to crash away. When somebody bombs and they do like a hack bit or whatever, you're like, I want to know what the hack bit is so that I don't do it. But then you don't do it that way. You just want to see the pain and then you end up doing (laughs) the hack bit, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's also too, I'm becoming very aware of like, uh, you know, it's like that old story of the emperor that was the only one that didn't drink the, the poison water. Everyone, have you heard this before? Everybody goes crazy. No. He's the only one that doesn't because he doesn't drink it because he's not allowed to drink. There's a poison well. Uh Everyone in the town starts going crazy. They start seeing things that aren't there, doing things that are just out of that shit. Right. Finally, it comes down to where he's the last person uh, that didn't drink the water, and Mm -hmm. he's still rational. And He's looking around. Everybody around him is fucking picking things that, you know, uh, aren't there, are all, you know. And so finally, he just... uh, he was starting to become like uh, ostracized and become an outlier. Right. So finally, he just drank the water. Huh. And he's like, "Fuck this." And I think of that. Whew. You know, you want to be like reticent of it. It really like, took me on a ride there. Yeah. I was wondering how he was going to get out of that one. Uh, not, no, he just uh, he uh, conformed and uh, roofied himself. Nice. It'd be really funny if you tricked somebody. Huh? Well, good for him. You know, that's that probably was the right path. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, come on, dude. You're the king. Do something. Hire a doctor. God damn it. Do you ever like put um. How like people that are like, ah, oh, religion, it's, uh, it's, it's so dumb. But then they'll like, you know, post an affirmation, <laughs> like believe in that. You know what I mean? Isn't yeah. That, I mean, it's some sort of higher being, right? Well, but it's the same. Uh, I mean, it's coming from the same place and it's serving the same function, right? Yeah. It's like to if, make people if, feel dumb. Oh, sorry. No, the other way around. It's to make you feel bigger and better. Like, I don't believe in, in God or, or spirits or any of that sort of stuff, but I still, you know, I'll listen to, like, a fucking motivational speech, and I'll hell be yeah. like, hell yeah, like, I am bigger and better. You know, like, yeah. I'll start, I'll, I'll get into that sort of thing, and it, and it serves the same purpose that religion serves in a lot of people's life, I imagine. Can you imagine being, like, just that first pitch of that, you know, like day one of Christianity. Like, here we go, boys. Like, talk about a cold crowd. Can you imagine that? <laughs> you're just like, let's roll it up. Yeah, all someone right. finally talked you into it, and yeah. you're just there on the first stage. It's like, all right, let's do it, baby. It's like you're We're like, Christians. Yeah, you're, you're eight years old at your first day of soccer. Your, <laughs> your dad doesn't want, you know, anything less than a 100% straight boy. And he's just like, you're going to go play football. And you're like, okay, I'm a soccer player now. That's crazy to think. Some of the things make sense, though, when it's like, don't eat pork, but it's the middle of the desert. Yeah. No, I mean, as far as I know, like, a lot of the dietary restrictions are based on just, like, the health standards of the day. Yeah. That, like, you know, yeah, pork just wasn't safe to eat at the time, or, like, they didn't think it was because they just, like, live in shit. And, like, that's a, on the flat earth thing, that's, like, a very intuitive choice to have made. If it were me and and someone was like, all right, you have the direct line to God, like, what don't we eat? I'd look at pigs first. It's the first one I'm looking to. They they live in shit and mud. Don't eat them. At some point, they had to bypass humans, though. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, he's weak. Get him. <laughs> right? That conversation. I mean, because we're just animals. So right? at some point, we were probably cannibalistic. I don't know. I, remember, I don't know. I mean, I've, well, I've, yeah. I've not heard much. I've seen the movie Alive. I've seen the movie Cannibal Holocaust. That was good. <laughs> it's a good movie. I love Wait, that Wait, what's movie. the other one that the, the Eli Roth one that uh, on an island where they crash? Have you seen that? Hostel? No, it's not. It's like the same, same guy did Hostel, but it's the newer one. It's like where they're huh. going on. I just, it just recommended me on Netflix, but I'm a... Too much of a pansy. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, Nick Milton really wanted to see that. I yeah. Never did. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's another show you guys do. Yeah, that's right. Slugfest. That's- I did that, and they thought I was from California. <laughs> that was so funny. I was like, I'm not, I'm not from California. Wait, we had you on the West Coast one? Yeah. 
I was on the West Coast team. What? Yeah. <laughs> Why you guys brought me up? You're like, oh, you're from California. I'm like, no, I'm from Michigan. He's like, well, like, I thought you were in California a lot. I'm like, I was there. I did shows for a couple weeks. Like, I was out there. What? Yeah, I was in the okay, West Coast that's, one. That's 100% on Milton. That is not me. I did not book Milton's you on that show. in the lineup. <laughs> you were on his team. That's a fun show, though. I had a good time. I love that show. Wait, it's... come to think of it, Luke Monet is not on the same team. He's from, isn't he from, like, D.C.? Monez? Yeah, where's, where's Luke from? Jeez, what a disaster that show was. That was amazing. <laughs> Have you won one yet? Yeah, I've won two of them now. For, for people that don't know what it is, it's uh, well, you describe it. It's so much fun. Yeah, so it's a show where uh, the conceit of it is that Milton and I wanted to book a show together, but we couldn't figure out how to book a show together because we just we couldn't come to an agreement. You know, we, we wanted to book two different kinds of show. And so what we did was we just booked two shows at the same time on the same night and then the audience decides who booked the better show <laughs> and uh whoever books the better show all their comics get like a bunch of prizes and free stuff and whatever and whoever booked the worst show gets publicly shamed for booking a bad show yeah, when i was there you uh, had to smash oranges on your face yeah or run down your chest and drink it yeah that That's was a, a good, good one that was an easy one that one wasn't so bad just burned my eyes a bit what's the worst you've done the worst one was the first. The first time we did it, I had to walk home with uh, sardines in my shoes. Oh, my God. And, like, Milton, being the asshole that he is, uh, he um, didn't make it any easier on me. He got mustard sardines. Wow. So they, they really, really smelled. There were uh, there were homeless guys on the train who were walking away from me. <laughs> like, it was bad. You just leave your shoes outside and crawl in and keep your feet up? I threw them right out. I uh, knew that day going in, I was like, I'm, I'm running a risk here. So I went to pay less and bought some cheapo, like, $10 shoes. Damn, that's funny. Uh, in the scheme of wrapping things up here, because I know you got band practice tonight, um, <laughs> what's your... One piece of advice for a new comic that is other than get more stage time. So who is the new comic? Johnny. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, like, how new are they? Is it, like, they're before their first mic? Is it they're a couple mics in? Are they a year in? Like, how new are we talking here? Let's explore the never done one before and then maybe one that's done it five times. Those are different advice. I think there would be. I think for five times it's the same as for one time. I think the the differentiation I would make is, is and they're not in New York. They, they they're ooh. they're in, they're in a mortal place where you can't do five mics a day to get your self esteem at I, an all time low. I think the the don't drink. <laughs> First time ever said on this in twenty seven episodes, twenty eight episodes. Wow, that's funny. Don't drink. Yeah, that's that's the best advice anybody ever gave me. So I'm gonna give it to you, new person. Uh, don't drink before you go on stage. Don't drink to to quell your nerves. Don't drink until after the show. Drink after the show. Get drunk. Get fucked. Up. I don't give a shit. Don't drink before you go on stage because that was my big failing when I started. That was the first big hurdle I had to get past. Was I was terrified of going on stage. I didn't want to do it but I wanted to be a stand-up and I wanted to be funny and I wanted to do all the things that come with stand-up, but I didn't want to be on stage. So I drank to get myself up there and it worked. You know, the first time I went up, yeah. I got some laughs and, and whatever. And I was like, all right, here we go. We're good. But then I just kept drinking all the time, every time I went on stage. And then that quickly turned into, oh, I'm like kind of starting to border on alcoholism here. Like I'm not like as bad as people I know, but like, the future doesn't look bright if I keep doing this. And I, so my, my bandmate Griff, do you know Griff, uh, Benny and Griff? I don't think so. 
oh my god check them out people at home check them out benny and griff they are as close to art in this stupid thing that we do as exists cool they are two of the most talented people i've ever met in my life they're and insane they're stand-ups they're they do a uh they do a musical comedy duo oh awesome and th- but they'll play at stand-up shows and okay. they'll play at stand-up mics and they'll just show up and like it's this totally amazing experience because like when you're at a mic right you got guy after guy after guy who's just like, oh, my relationship, my parents, politics, my penis, everything sucks. <laughs> and then you've got Benny and Griff who are these two, like, huge fucking, like, toothpaste commercial smiles. You know, they're wearing, like, bright yellow t-shirts with bright red hats. And they just go on stage and like, hey, everybody, we're Benny and Griff. I'm Benny and I'm Griff. And we're Benny and Griff. And they do, like, these songs that are, like... It's supposed to be like a like a children's TV show sort of thing, yeah. but like they also just kind of like unfurl into these like really dark, surreal, fucked up. Oh, things. I gotta see him. Uh, but so, oh right, so that's how I got on this subject. It was Griff of Benny and Griff? Uh, he gave me the advice of set a rule for yourself on how many days a week you're allowed to drink. Okay, and then adhere to that rule like it's a fucking religion. He was like, no matter what, if you have one beer after, you know, after work and like it's just one beer to unwind, that counts as a drinking day. It doesn't matter if you got drunk. Okay. And so I stuck to that plan as much as I could. And and now I, I just like don't really drink that much anymore. And like I got past it and now I'm able to get on stage without doing, you know, doing drugs and drinking and whatever. But what I was going to say is this leads to this story, which is, you know, Justin Smith, right? Yeah. Justin Smith, one night, uh, we're outside of a mic, and uh, this was like maybe the first week that I was not drinking on stage, right? He comes up to me, and he's like, I just finished my set, he comes up to me, and he's like, hey man, you know, you're really funny when you're sober, and like, I can see that you control the room better, you are more aware of what's going on up there, and you're just a better comic. And I was like, wow, fuck, man, thank you so much. Like, that's a really sweet thing to say to somebody who's, like, very much questioning, like, whether this was the right call, you know? Yeah. And, and, and later that night, I, I went to uh, another mic, and I saw Melissa Diaz, and I was talking to her, and I was like, man, Justin just said, like, the fucking nicest thing to me. He said, you know, like, I'm, I'm funnier when I'm sober and whatever. And she's like, yeah, dude, obviously. Uh She's like, I thought you just had a problem. You thought you were funnier? Oh, that's... Well, you don't know. It's a flat earth thing. You don't know. Yeah, you just... You, you, you set yourself into this mindset of, like, this is how it goes. And, you know, and, and, and then I fucking gained a ton of weight and lost my job. And, like, all sorts of bad stuff happened to me. And It's like I always tell people, like, the, the, the moment I saw, like, when I was filming, like, a new submission video... I was like, you just realize you're a better comic when you're sober. It was yeah. like a disappointing day because you don't want to be that guy with the cocktail. But then when you find out in the business that you're like, wow, uh, Dean Martin used to have apple juice on stage. <laughs> a lot of it's bullshit. Yeah, like, you know, A lot of it's this routine. It's like this, I, I, I think we talked about it last week, but there's this old school comic from where I'm from in Michigan. It's like a full-time headliner, but like gigs you never heard of, bowling alleys you never walk into. But uh-huh. that's what he does. He makes like a teacher's salary doing comedy. But like one day he got like a Bud Light and put it on the stool. And he doesn't drink, but he's like, God, oh, sets the atmosphere. That's <laughs> it's a party. And like, that's just his idea of it. But you're like, that's so interesting. It's like, wait, a Budweiser light sets the atmosphere? I guess oh, wow. your bowling alley is in the atmosphere. But no, I, that makes sense. That totally. makes perfect sense. Yeah, it's yeah. like a party thing. Yeah. Oh, my God. I used to, uh, I for a couple of nights in a row, I didn't do this very long, but for a couple of nights in a row, I had this uh, plant 
I just had like a house plant. Okay. I just had it in a pot and I would bring it up on stage with me and just set it down on the stool next to me to just like yeah. create this ambiance. I love that. There's a, do you ever hear of deaf, po- uh, deaf comedy jam? Yeah. Right. But deaf poetry jam they do yeah, it too. Yeah, of course. Do you ever see Kanye's? When yeah, when he comes out with all the Louis Vuitton. Dude, I always thought that he's like, he's like, some of the, some, some people need to light some candles, but he's like, this makes me feel like this is my ambiance. What a piece of shit. I love it. I think that's so <laughs> funny. Todd Glass apparently does that too. He'll go into a green room and put gels on all the lights and rearrange everything, even if he's not even the headline. See, but that's different. Like changing lights and like changing the mood and whatever. I understand that. Yeah. It's, it's coming out with the Louis Vuitton and being like, "This is how I feel comfortable." Go fuck yourself. How funny it would be if you came out with like dollar slices and like bodega coffees all around. Much better. You know, it'd be so sick. That's a good idea. <laughs> I love that Louis Vuitton idea. That's just so funny. Just some kid walking out being like, "Here's my poem, but first, look at my luggage." Oh, what a piece of shit. I People co- starve to death. You know that? Yeah. <laughs> that's true. I do. <laughs> Dude, I think about that all the time. What, that people starve to death? No, Louis Vuitton like it. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Buffett. Uh, uh, scary life. <laughs> Where are you at? Coming, upcoming shows. Give us a schedule. I'm going to link everything on there. You have a website, Twitter, social media. Go. Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Jeremy Thunder. Uh, you can find my, my website is uh, jeremyhammond.info. Check out my podcast. It's called Ballin' Out Super. We talk about Dragon Ball. Uh, I got Thursday is Slugfest. Uh, it is the all-star show. This is the, the one-year anniversary of the show, what? so we're having back a bunch of people that we had in the past. Nice. Uh, Milton and I are going to do sets on it instead of hosting. Cool. Benny and Griff are doing the halftime show. Nice. It's very exciting. Uh, and then the following Saturday from that, not the Saturday after that, but the, the next one, uh, is the 6th, and that is the Hard Times show here at Tender Trap. Uh, and we have... Uh, uh, we have Albert Kirchner. Yeah, Al- Albert Kirchner is going to be on it. He's going to be recording uh, a session for his uh, EP that you guys talked about on yeah. the show. Yeah, look at that direct feedback with the uh, with the podcast here. That's so cool. I love to hear that. Yeah, it's very exciting. I'm very excited to see it. Uh, and then what am I doing? I'm on like Saturday, I think. I'm on uh, uh, Hannah Cowger's Rock and Roast, which cool. should be pretty fun. Are you singing a song? No, I am judging. Just everybody that walks in or judging the, the contestants? Both, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely sitting down. Um, any else? Anything else? Yeah, coming up. That's a lot. No, I'm not, no, it is a lot. Yeah, yeah no. Uh, and and keep an eye out for Hannah Cowger and I are starting another show here at Tender Trap. Uh, yeah, it is going to be a uh, a roast show of bad tattoos. Nice. Uh, and whoever has the worst tattoo of the night is going to get a free laser removal. That's fucking genius. Right? I love that. It's going to be pretty yeah. fun. I'm there's really so bad, There's so many bad tattoos in this yeah, city. It's ridiculous. It'd be so funny if it's like a massive lower back one. And like, no, they didn't want to show it to anybody. Well, they have to. It's part of the show. No, no, but, like, but until then, but they're like, oh, free laser removal. How, that's so cool that you guys line that up. Um, for me, this, uh, what, is it Monday? It's Monday. This yeah. comes out tomorrow morning. Wednesday, I'm at Pete's Candy Store. You done Funhouse before? No. Oh, my God. Last time I did it, I think it was like last month, Chris Gethart was there. Came and did a giant set. That was super fun. That was amazing. He's like one of my favorites. Yeah, he's the best. That is so good. Um, uh, please check that out online. Um, put some other dates up there, too. And then next month, I have something that I can't talk about, but I'm going on, and I'll have the updates on there to be elusive and a douche about it. Um, other than that, at this is Max White for everything. Jeremy, thank you so much for coming through. And thank you for the skateboard. Yeah, absolutely. And, the, and the power outage that the Lord gave us. Or yeah. <laughs> whoever did it. Uh, any parting words here? 
uh fucking don't 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 drink and uh, uh paint more butt plugs on your art bye everybody have a good one I guess I'll just call it Max White Presents. I guess it's decent. Yeah, Max White Presents will work.